I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Alright, here we are. Hit me one more time. Welcome back to the Nostalgia Reflection podcast that looks back at the things we loved when we were younger and asks the ever-important question, is this good? I'm David <laughs> Luzader, and I don't do this show alone. I have someone with me at all times, and that person is Nick Shermooksness. I realize I'm saying this after the week that you weren't on the show. Nick, welcome back. <laughs> You, to be fair, you said you always have someone with you. So when I'm on vacation from being your handler, <laughs> I bring in a substitute to keep you in line. Oh, okay. Well, so kind of you to do that. I try. I try. Yes. And joining us today, because we also almost always have a guest who has brought our topic to us. And the person that has brought the topic this week is one of the hosts of Crime in Color and Wannabe Film Buffs. It is JV. JV, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. This is super exciting. I'm really excited to discuss <laughs> to discuss Batman and Robin, which realizing now the question at the beginning um, is an easy question for me to answer uh -huh. um, with this one. Uh, sort of. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like it. it there's an honest answer. And then there's the 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 feelings answer mm. i have both those it's fair that's the complexity that's going to help us stretch this to like 45 minutes to an hour whereas otherwise we probably would have cut it off at five so it's good <laughs> oh, precisely no I, no I genuinely like i i'm throwing some of my thoughts out here already but uh when we get to the end where we kind of discuss like has this thing held up i think it's a super interesting question for this movie because as you said there is like the correct, I mean, not the correct answer, but there is like the, the objective answer. And then there is the like, but how did it make me feel? But we'll tear <laughs> all think, that apart. I think it's, I, I don't think, it, we shouldn't even really bother asking the question, has it held up? It's more, should you spend actual time True. <laughs> consuming this media? But yes. let's find out later on. Yes. Before, oh, yes. Before we get to all that, though, JV, real quick, uh, for people who, who may not know crime and color or want to be film buffs can you just give like the quick elevator pitch um i'll give you more time to do the, the big promotion at the end but just just the real quick notes on it totally well um i myself am a voice actor i act in a bunch of things but crime and color uh specifically is um doing a sort of weekly dive looking at people in true crime uh people of color in true crime specifically um, and Wannabe Film Buffs is me and my best friend going down the IMDb Top 250 um, and discussing whether or not things hold up um, from that list and whether or not we agree. Uh, and I can tell you, not, I, I don't agree with a lot of that list. I think the only, the first one that I was like, yeah, definitely hard agree on this one um, was... Uh, Oh, God, what is the name of that movie? Um, 12 Angry Men. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I am a law nerd. I, I like law. <laughs> law is fun. Well, 
That is a, a classic movie. I'll stand with you on that one. I don't know the other movies on that list, uh, but I'll back you when it comes to 12 Angry Men, <laughs> the very least. And uh, this movie is definitely not on the IMDb, IMDb Top 250 um, but man, should it should be. Uh, I I was about to say it kind of should um, for for reasons. Oh, we'll get there. We'll a get very there. specific top two fifty list. If, <laughs> dot dot dot. Uh, now, yes. if you out there don't know what Batman and Robin is, this is a nineteen ninety seven superhero film that was the fourth and final entry into WB's initial Batman franchise. The film follows the titular pair as they work to stop Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy from terrorizing Gotham while dealing with their own struggles. It also introduces the character of Barbara Wilson, Alfred's niece, who eventually joins the dynamic duo as Batgirl. Also, Bane is there. <laughs> he was he was happy to be there, I think. I I I was going to mention it later, but this shot of Bane wearing a fedora while driving a car is <laughs> one of the most delightful parts of this movie. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I, I Bane. Oh, Bane. I always, like, forget that Bane was in this one. Like, I, I really... Uh, it's an easy thing, I think, to forget that he's actually in this movie. Yeah, I think at um, times the writers forgot he was in this movie. Right. Yeah. Mainly because I, he's, he's easy to deal with, kind of. Yeah, especially in this iteration. And I think it's after, uh, for in most people's more recent memory, they think of Tom Hardy's um, Bane from The Dark Knight Rises, which was maybe closer to the comic book Bane and to the fact that he is like supposed to be like really intelligent and capable and blah, blah, blah. And then this movie is really like his one line is basically Bane. Yeah. <laughs> He's more like, or less the Hulk. Exactly. Like I, I can understand. I've been in so much pain that I can't actually <laughs> think of words anymore. Um, That's so I see it, but like, also... just, you know, that's all you say. Uh, aloud. Yeah, exactly. Just, Ah, ah, ah. Maybe yeah. Bane's a Pokemon, if that's okay. all he says. I, maybe this isn't the, the road we need to go all down, right. but Bane, Pokemon, let's let's talk about it in our in a similar time. It says it no. says so much about this movie that we are already like going off on tangents. We haven't even gotten through the intro the full introduction of this podcast. <laughs> We're not even to the discussion part yet, which is great. Uh, Sorry, sorry, David, no, continue. Also my own fault. But before we continue on, uh, I do want us to do the part where we talk about our personal histories. You know, what what is our experience with this movie in the past? JV, you brought this to us. What is your personal history with Batman and Robin? So <laughs> my personal history with this one is that um, I, when this movie came out, was not super into superhero things for the um main reason of i was broke as hell and superhero <laughs> things are expensive mm -hmm. um like all of the uh i think i vaguely have a memory of when i was around seven and there being like a bunch of toys suddenly at like the local mcdonald's but like that's it or possibly burger king i really don't remember which like company they had a thing with and um, both of them were down the street from my house anyway so it didn't really matter um but I later on, like, I think it was when I was like 14, um, Daredevil came out, uh, the movie, 
Um, and then Electra came out, and those are two of my also favorites, even though they are very bad. Um, they like sort of got me thinking about um, thinking about superhero media just generally, and then I hopped over to look at DC because I felt like DC had more um, more of the classic superhero vibes than uh, Marvel does likes moral ambiguity in a way that I appreciate a lot now as an adult didn't really when I was like 14 um I don't know so immediately went to look at Batman got kind of bored of Batman incredibly quickly then really liked realized that I started to really like everyone around Batman like, Every character surrounding Batman is very interesting to me. Like, Robin is super interesting to me. Barbara Gordon is really interesting to me. And I guess similarly, Barbara Wilson. Sure, why not? Um, oh, dear God. Um, <laughs> uh, Batwoman from the... Um, Batwoman is also super interesting to me. Granted, she's not in this movie. But this is one of those movies where I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, so this is like the thing that we had back in the 60s that was super fun, which is what this movie reminds me of. It reminds me of the insane, wild, wild stuff that happened back in um, back in the 60s regarding Batman. Like, listen, just some days you can't get rid of a bomb. Some days you can't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh... And also ice puns. Like, I mean... Oh my gosh. <laughs> those were so bad. Yes. <laughs> but they're very funny. Oh, I, I'm already... <sighs> I know half of my editing is going to be pulling ice puns from the movie to <laughs> in, insert in here. The Iceman cometh. I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. In this universe, there's only one absolute... Everything freezes. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! Uh, and oh I, I, I should have thought of a good one to open the podcast with, but maybe it's a small blessing that I didn't. Uh, Nick, <laughs> what, what, oh, what about for you? I want to know your, your history. I know it's long and, and detailed with Batman and Robin, but give us the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> for, for sure. Um, I mean, other than just... You know, growing up, um, you know, I, I got into superheroes fairly young. Um, I was always more Marvel. I, the thing is, it's weird is I never really considered myself like just Marvel or just DC. But ultimately, I was primarily focused on Marvel characters. But Batman was, I think, because of the animated series in the 90s, um, was one of those characters just transcended over to the other side. Um so I was familiar with Batman. I knew, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily a heavy Batman reader. I didn't know a lot of the lore at the time. It was mostly the cartoon and the movies. Um, and I, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I saw, like, the Burton Batman films first. I may have actually started with Batman Forever and Batman and Robin before going back to those. But I, I could be wrong. Anyway, um, so I, I did watch this movie, I believe, around the time that it came out. And here's the thing. And David, I think if he had his way, would make would want everyone to believe that I have the worst taste in films. Um, <laughs> and the truth is, I think as a kid, I really enjoyed Batman and Robin. 
Oh. Oh, yeah, as a little kid, I'm I'm right there with you. Like for me, I saw this movie when I was young, and I I don't remember much about it, but I I remember like being excited about it because, um, as well as we'll kind of learn, this was very much geared towards children. Uh, it was I, I think Joel Schumacher would start a lot of takes with "Remember, you're in a cartoon," according to uh, some of the cast members. So yeah, when I when I was younger, totally had a love for this movie. Um, but of course, as I grew older, I don't think I really, I don't know if I how many times I've actually seen this movie. Like probably a couple, but I can't remember the last time I actually sat down and watched it. And mm. uh, it just became that thing over the years where it's like, ah, oh, Batman and Robin, that movie really stinks, doesn't it? Uh, so <laughs> it was a it absolutely was that yeah. So it was a real delight to get to revisit it this time. And now before we just really dig into oh, oh so much, Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the actual history of Batman and Robin? After the success of Batman Forever, WB fast-tracked the sequel with Joe Schumacher returning as director. Val Kilmer, who had played Batman in the previous movie, did not return for a variety of reasons, including difficulties with Schumacher and scheduling conflicts. Um, quote-unquote, scheduling conflicts. George Clooney was cast in the role instead, and Schumacher believed he could bring a lighter version of the character of the film compared to Kilmer and Keaton before him. While Ed Harris and Patrick Stewart were originally considered for the role of Mr. Freeze, wow, I did not know that, uh, the script was rewritten to accommodate the casting of Arnold Schwarzenegger after Schumacher decided Mr. Freeze must be big and strong like he was chiseled out of a glacier. Chris O'Donnell, who reprised his role as Dick Grayson, expressed frustration with filming, saying, On Batman Forever, I felt like I was making a movie. The second time, I felt like I was making a kid's toy commercial. The film released June 20th, 1997, to negative reviews. Despite plans for a fifth movie, however, the negative reception and poor financial performance caused all future plans to be scrapped. <laughs> and, it's, and it's because people didn't enjoy this movie that we had to suffer through Christopher Nolan's films. I'm joking, I'm joking, but just imagine what could have been. You're oh. not wrong. <laughs> That's the thing. You are fully not wrong. Which, like, I, I mean, I, I went over. I so fun thing on wannabe film buffs. Um, uh, the Dark Knight is really high up on that list. So yes. it was one of the first movies we got to, and honestly. I I don't know about like the Dark Knight was like fine. I know that I rated it pretty high. Um The Dark Knight Rises I also rated pretty high. Batman Begins was such a good movie. Mm-hmm. It was a very good movie. Um like I don't know. I don't know. I I fine with those, but that tone of those is so different from all four of these movies. If it came right down to it, the tone that I like the best is these ones, is um, these four. There's something about that silliness that, like, that that's just so fun and nice. And um, that honestly makes a little bit more sense to me um, for something like this than the large sort of outsized emotional things that you have to deal with um, in the other films though i will say those other ones were written better um <laughs> who those ones were written so much better oh man um and, and i think what to your, to your point about it um you enjoying this one what am i trying to say enjoying it better is that these movies 
didn't necessarily try to make sense not not written better but sort of that you you've kind of felt more of a um a closeness to it it didn't try to make sense in the way that the nolan films tried quote unquote to be hyper realistic uh and try to explain how certain things functioned or whatever whereas like this movie doesn't bother with anything no well and also oh, yeah. also in the, the nolan films you have rachel uh, that was my <laughs> Christian Bale impression. Where, to be? where in this movie you have Elle McPherson being on screen for a total of maybe two minutes and being like, "When are you going to marry me, Bruce?" And then we never see her again. Uh, <laughs> oh God, that was funny. <laughs> that that particular I, what I noted about that was that it was completely pointless to have Bruce have any kind of like romantic subplot in the film because yeah, it doesn't go anywhere. Um, it was almost like. They just wanted to focus on like the main comic booky parts, but it was like, oh, we need like something, something kind of more human to to put in here. So Bruce, well, here you go. Here's another woman, you know. No, well, so they couldn't just. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I was going to say, so they couldn't just do like the, you know, they couldn't amp amp up the the Alfred storyline, which could have been very interesting and compelling. Uh, but then I realized mm-hmm. they probably well. I can't say they probably feared because like in the sixties uh, in the comics, Oh, I can't remember the name of the character now, but they had to introduce a character because they were afraid that people would think Batman and Robin were gay. Um, oh, that was, they did that twice. Uh, one Batgirl and then two Batwoman. No, no. They had like a live in, um, they had like a live in maid that was added oh, for a time because the maid. yeah, they didn't want to just have like, these two young men living together uh, because heaven forbid, you know, number one, men can be friends or number two, men could be in a relationship together. Uh, Apparently also Joel Schumacher told George Clooney that Batman was gay in this movie. I could see it. (laughs) (laughs) We are not committal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which kind of I I I'm, I'm just sort of throwing this out there. I am absolutely going to find the thing. I, I'm looking into it. I will find the thing. Um, I will find the <laughs> find specifically the uh the thing that they added in. I, I'm trying to find it. The continue the maid. I will find it. Um, it was, so what what I was gonna say with with the with Clooney playing. Batman as apparently with a subtle layer of gay, as he kind of described it uh, in a in an interview to Variety. I find that kind of weird because it it brings up this idea that like that gay men can't have, be dark and brooding. <laughs> it's so funny. Clearly, <laughs> no one whoever thinks that has never read a Midnighter comic. Clearly, my God, oh. Oh Lord, it's so it's it's insane to me, to be honest. Um, some of the most dramatic, dark, and brooding people that I've ever uh, met have been have been some very, very uh, gay people that I've just known in my life. Um, lots of drama there. And were um, they all wearing bat suits? What maybe one of them actually, but I, I was I was gonna say no, but then it's like I I can't in good conscience say that say no to that. I think maybe, which also brings me to the fact that I just think, as far as the most boring characters in this movie, it is 
Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. They are, compared to the other members of the cast, uh, which let's just talk about Uma Thurman and Arnold Schwarzenegger, who are oh, they're the most fun. They're having so My much fun God. in this movie. They are having right. a blast. And if they're I... not having fun, I'm, I'm sorry, because like <laughs> it was fun to watch them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so to clarify, it was uh, Batwoman in 56 and oh. Batgirl um, in 61 that they added. And, I'm... well, th- one of them's a lesbian, so, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think they failed. I think they failed at that. I think they did a terrible job. So, um... interesting. Interesting <laughs> point there is that the original Batwoman was not a lesbian. That was mm-hmm. established. So actually, the original Batwoman, the Batwoman that you're probably thinking of, are actually two separate characters. One's called Kathy Kane, and one is called Kate Kane. Okay, you don't need to nerd explain so, to us so, that there I'm are sorry. separate oh, no. Batwomen. Oh, no, I completely know. No, you are completely correct. I was more. I I no. meant more that like well. It's funny how time changes things because it went from there to there. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's interesting to me. Um, I mean, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good either way. I I don't know. Um, I think, so with the fantastic and marvelous performances of... Um, well, okay. One fun thing. I do have the movie sitting right here in my recording studio. Uh, like, just the, the movie box is right here. The actual movie is in my DVD player. But um, have it sitting right here for a very specific reason, which is there are moments where I need to get really campy very quickly <laughs> when I'm voice acting. And if I look at this, if I look at the cover image of this, and I look at Uma Thurman for one minute, I will just, like, the camp factor in my performance, it, it goes up by a lot. And I, I love her performance of this movie. It's legitimately Because Poison great. Ivy's fun. It's legitimately, you know, Schwarzenegger is obviously having a big, he's playing very big. He's having a great time doing what he, he made $25 million to be in this movie. The guy's <laughs> having his fun. But when Uma Thurman, you know, gets the gets the the stuff dumped on her and like the next scene where she like pops out of the ground and is being poison ivy for the first time, I am like, this is amazing. This is so like she <laughs> is having so much fun doing this and it is coming through and I'm in it. I'm in for it. The animal plant toxins had a rather unique effect on me. They replaced my blood with aloe. My skin with chlorophyll and filled my lips. Oh, yeah. Honestly, when I watch her performance in this, I immediately think, oh, she didn't watch the last movie. Like, she (laughs) didn't see Batman Forever, but she absolutely saw Batman Returns and (laughs) went with the Selena Kyle of it all from that one, but made it. But made it campier and less dark. Yeah. Which I love so it, much. And in a weird way, like, I mean, aesthetically, this movie is super dark um, as far as taking place at night a lot. Some of the more gothic architecture, a weird statue of a man holding up a observatory uh, in the middle of a city. That was a weird design choice. Also kind of cool. Yes. Yeah. 
the the design of Gotham I actually loved, like in a in a in a Batman the animated series kind of way, where hmm. there were just these giant statues all over the city, like against buildings, which man, the 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 civil planning of that is insane. Uh, <laughs> on top of the the like highways and roads that are not on the ground but are elevated up like hundreds of feet. Right, then the the biker sequence uh, that was I was like, how how high are they right now? Oh yeah, that was oh wild. <laughs> the visual look of this movie, for whatever other flaws this movie has, it like commits to its visual look so hard that I I loved it. I loved so, what they were showing me. I agree. Aesthetically, I think there was a lot about the movie that I I really enjoyed. I do, and 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 there's, I would say that uh, things like you know the the statue holding the observatory and stuff like that uh, was really really cool. But then when they got into some of the like the ultra neon, sometimes it worked. Other times, like it was just so too in your face, which I also thought was cool in a way, but was sort of mismatched with some of the other aesthetics that were going on. What you didn't like the blacklight thugs? <laughs> I wonder oh, if they just like carry those around, you know, because I mean how many how many hideouts are gonna have black lights in them? It's Gotham, mm-hmm. all of them. That's <laughs> oh, true. Every true. single or, one. Or, or uh, and I think David, you had made this point uh last night when we were watching uh, concurrently, but like at the beginning of the movie it opens with Batman and Robin responding to the the heist at the museum, and like they both have to like wait for their vehicles to pop out of the ground and like the a box comes out of the ground and then opens and these bright red neon lights uh, on the insides just so that robin can get on his motorcycle and drive away like they could have stopped him so much sooner if they had just parked them side by side very very true oh nothing they do is practical no not a single thing that happens this is practical because a uh, lot no, of excuse me excuse me Something that was very practical was that Batman remembered to bring his bat credit card. Oh, boy. That was smart. That was, that was smart. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is still my favorite part. That's one of my favorite moments. That's a utility belt, not a money belt. Six million. Seven million. Never leave the cave without it. The uh, whole scene is crazy. No, like, d- let's throw on this gala about saving the rainforest or whatever. Uh, and just, I had forgotten how ridiculous that scene was. The best part uh, about the Batman credit card is that it's good through forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was... That, I, I'm... I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I realize it's pointless to subscribe, like realistic standards to how certain things came to be but i just want to know at what point bruce wayne or batman when whatever like how did he apply for that because i I, even if i would believe that that wayne owns like a credit card company or whatever like he owns a visa i don't know you know i still feel like someone's gonna catch this piece of paper going through the system being like batman's applying for the credit card where does batman live i don't know the bat cave oh can the mailman get there nope Like I, he probably I don't know I I you know that is a great set of thoughts and I 
can't even come up with anything close to an answer. Not a single thing. Other than, ooh, oh, maybe a P.O. box? <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Oh. There's no longer a bat cave. It's just the bat P.O. box. Like, they just meet outside the post office. The bat P.O. box is really... <laughs> just an image that i can't handle oh my god there's no you know like there's just numbers you know like one through whatever and then like somewhere in the middle there's just the bat symbol yeah i love it Uh, be so annoying to have to mail to speaking of the bat symbol the thing that comes up rather a fair bit with this one um that people seem to have an issue with and that I personally for the longest time could not understand why someone would have an issue with this particular part of this movie the costumes um now go on I feel okay the only thing that I had like a slight issue with was (laughs) the way that they filmed the montages when they were putting on the actual it's the beginning of the movie (laughs) the beginning of the movie oh it was so like because they did it a bunch and they brought it back later for barbara and it was so weird and i'd forgotten that they'd done it earlier and it was it was a lot but i love it and i love the actual costumes themselves one i like um the fact that they all sort of had a bit of uniformity to them Hmm. um I think that's one of the things that um one of the strengths of the of the bat family just sort of generally um it adds to sort of that family feel uh for the, the a family of bats if you will that's <laughs> or a bat that <laughs> hangs out with birds yeah which is oh dear um and which also specifically robin's costume design um, they really just threw out all of his other costumes, didn't they? Just every mm-hmm. other costume that he's previously had with, like, as far as when he is Robin, I, very specifically. Yes. And they, I think they, they were mostly channeling the Nightwing costume, but and with as red. They, as they should. Yes. Because it, that is the that is my favorite costume. That was for the longest time the costume that, like, of all the costumes that have ever existed, that have ever been on Robin specifically, that is the one that I've want that I wanted the most, but also couldn't ever justify spending money on. Um, but like, it just it looks so so good um it reminded me of the new 52 costume um because that one also had the red on it um the uh the new uh the new 52 nightwing costume specifically oh yes it did that's right yeah Yeah. which i liked it which also was after this which i find funny um i think what also is interesting is that in the their first movie costumes let me reframe this their their climactic movie costumes suddenly had cod pieces for their their general area whereas in the beginning they didn't know they were very expressive in that area as well but it's just it was an interesting like i actually thought that their like silver and black costumes at the end were actually cool looking but then i just kept zeroing in on the cod pieces which might be just 
my thing to figure out, but uh, I just thought it was a really interesting addition. Now, I will say, Nick, um, I did not focus on the cod pieces, so I'm not sure uh, what what brought you there. But whatever you got to okay, work through, well, bud, you work through. Listeners, let's. Well, we're going to start a poll. Listeners, uh, if you watch this movie in preparation of the show, please t- tell us uh, who focused on the cod pieces. Okay. And who well, Thank you. Okay. I mean, I focused on the cod pieces, but well, uh, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. I and I that was fully a joke. I absolutely didn't. It's just one of those things that I truly did not notice until you pointed it out yeah. just now. I I <laughs> like I will say so apparent. Okay, I will say that I agree that I think that going with like the more Nightwing look was definitely the right choice, especially because Chris O'Donnell was in his twenties. And if you put him in like the regular Robin costume. It wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have matched the aesthetic of what was going on. And also, uh, the original Robin costume, by today's standards, is a little bit silly with those bright green little shorts. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. And But even if he was wearing the Robin costume from Batman Forever, which I don't think looks, didn't look that bad, but it definitely, I think, would have, in an already cheesy and campy movie, it would have stuck out like a sore thumb. I don't even yeah, remember I'm this looking concept. at it now. It is a little. It, uh, it, well, it didn't have the shorts. It had, oh. but it, but again, it did have the giant. Um, did have the giant codpiece, which is bizarre. Um, but and the fake muscles on the chest. Oh, they always do that. They do. I love those, though. Um, I love those because it's nice when you can. It's nice when those are built into the actual outfit, so that the actor themselves doesn't need to uh, doesn't need to diet a whole bunch to actually be able to get into their costume. I personally just appreciate that. Um, but it, you're, but you are right. It does look that that costume just looks weird. Um, in the same way that um i don't know if you have if y'all have watched titans um the mm-hmm. show then the way that that robin costume looks super weird on him um throughout the entirety of the time that that's the costume that he has just it it doesn't it's a look that i could see someone graduating from very quickly and going to something considerably more interesting and something right. more befitting of someone who fights people at night yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, th- I think the Titans one, it kind of works in that way because it is like a transitional period for a time for Dick Grayson um, as he's trying to figure out what he's doing. Uh, back on this movie, which shares zero DNA with the Titans series whatsoever, <laughs> aside from some names. Thank God. Um, <laughs> I mean, thank God, but also I feel sad for it that it, it misses all of all of those things. Um, but <laughs> I, um, I a lot of things that get brought up with this one, the the nipples, um, the the, the nipples, uh, yeah, yeah. which I continue to not have an issue with. Um, I I I don't know why it was there. I think <laughs> I think just generally speaking, don't know why it was on. Don't know why it was a feature. So I'm I'm looking at it in a photo right now, and I realize that I didn't notice them the whole movie. They I, I noticed it when they first like showed up, and obviously they're the thing that people like to focus on. But really, for me, it's more as JV was saying, a baffling choice. It was just like I don't know why you did that. Like it doesn't. <laughs> 
as of extra material, I guess. If it was like the, if it was the, you know, the worst or weirdest thing about this movie, like sure, I'd have a lot more strong feelings about it. But with how this whole movie is, I'm like, yeah, okay, the bat suits have nipples. That exactly. Like, makes sense. you know what? Sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sort of become okay with it. And with the gray suits at the end, um, the bat, well, with the gray suit, the Batman doesn't actually have them on it. Um, it's only on the one with the sort of classic logo that they're there. Mm -hmm. um, and then on uh, Batgirl and, well, still Robin. And every time I look at him, I still want to call him Nightwing and I just can't. Um, Probably a good choice I mean, not to have the nipples on Batgirl's costume. Well, they they do. It's, they're just very subtle. Oh, that's... Yeah, I'm looking at the picture right there. You're right. Yeah, like, they're there, but they're subtle. And I just... I appreciate the equality of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is true. I feel like with, with you know, uh, Batgirl's costume is something that, like, in a vacuum, you know, like, is definitely considered, like, one of those, like, boob armor type things, like, kind of sexist and unnecessary and, and just designed to be flattering on the female form for the male gaze, whatever you want to say. Um, but actually when you stack her up with the rest of the king it's it's fits all right actually in. very egalitarian fits right in i was also upset because they uh when she she doesn't have the cowl in this but then when she's on the motorcycle later she has the cowl and i'm like i love that look i give me oh, yeah. her with the cowl the whole time she looks great agreed i, I agree and I'll say, so, so I think focusing in on on, Bar, on Batgirl here, I, I think it was something where she had the potential to be really interesting. Uh, and I think uh, Alicia Silverstone did a good job with, <laughs> admittedly, what, what little she had. Yeah. And, and that and that's to the point, like this was an overstuffed movie. And I think, David, you were saying earlier that like the Alfred storyline, which Barbara was a part of, like didn't necessarily get enough room to be as compelling as it could be. And for her, it felt like that she was basically on screen long enough to establish, yes, she's smart. Yes, she can fight and she can ride a motorcycle, which will be important in the climax for two seconds. <laughs> um, but like, other than that, she didn't have as much to do. And then suddenly it's just like, oh, hey guys, well, my uncle decided to make me a very weird costume. Uh, <laughs> and um, there's no vetting process. Uh, I never actually said I wanted to do this, but apparently I do. So I'm just going to join you. You guys are going to be okay with it. And let's go. The city's in trouble. And then we're going to have that really awkward line when she's like, I'm Batgirl. And <laughs> Batman goes, That's not awfully PC. What about bad person or bad woman? That was <laughs> such a weird line. It was. Oh, You're Batman. Oh man, it's one. Of, it's one of those weird lines where, like, the it clearly is one of those. Oh, we're gonna address this here because yep. if we don't, we're gonna have problems. Yeah. Um, but that was the thing in the movie where, and this I think happens a lot, where as a female character, uh, she couldn't just sort of do things everything she had to do was sort of either you know men are stupid look how smart i am or just like look how woman i am which i mean this is just the fact that this was a superhero movie in the 90s that featured a woman at all is incredible but i just felt like it was taking away time where like and it's hard for me to say okay like this movie had more compelling opportunities because <laughs> it was already working from a disadvantage but like i just feel like that's a waste of time instead of just being okay we could, you know, you've established she's smart, she's capable, she can fight. Like, just go. Like, don't constantly remind us that she's a woman. Just let her be. Yeah, 
I I concur. I concur fully, mainly because I don't know. She, uh, I liked what she did with this character. I there were couple things that sort <laughs> of notes fucked me and it had a lot more to do with the writing and the directing of it mm-hmm. it's just not giving her enough to do no. as they typically wouldn't oh and also one other thing that i did notice which is um how they sort of handle fight scenes in this one oh. that they ahead. do it they do this um or well i should i should clarify they did this i've I don't think they do this anymore where the reason they would add a woman into the into these things is because only another woman could fight them. Uh, um, yeah. That being sort of the specific sort of piece of politics that they wanted to really hold on to, um, which they did here. And as as is sort of evident by she's the only one who actually fights Poison Ivy. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, it's true. That's that's a very good point. And I would say that the fighting in the movie wasn't the the actual like fisticuffs per per se wasn't that great. But I felt, and for some reason, I'm only distinctly thinking of the beginning of the movie. But there was like as they're going around this ice rink museum, and Robin's like doing weird things that shouldn't be possible, and he's just like gliding through the air while being like a perfect stick. you know, like actually looked kind of cool. Uh, and some of the set pieces were just great. I mean, as ridiculous as it is, the fact that they jumped out of a exploding ice rocket or whatever it was, and then like snowboarded, you know, through the sky, skyboard or whatever you want to call it, you know, back down to the ground. Actually, in a sense, like I'm not like, obviously it's not maybe up to today's standards of graphical fidelity or whatever, but like it didn't look that bad. And I actually thought it was kind of cool. No, I will. I'm going to, I'm I'm going to say it. The initial confrontation against Mr. Freeze, the opening whole sequence of this movie is great. It's, mm. it's fun. It's stupid. Sure. It's campy as all get out. You know, they, they skates pop out of their shoes, which I, I love that they <laughs> thought of that they eventuality. Uh, that, that was something they built in, but I, it was, it, it was so much fun that I couldn't, I, I, I can say like, yes, it was stupid. Arnold Schwarzenegger in that, that awful costume making those no, puns. Take it back. No, oh, come the, on. That the, costume the, is the, the Mr. Freeze costume looks badass. Eh, <laughs> it's look, a... look at it again, Dave. Look at it again. <laughs> to quote the black canary in, in justice to, um, a look i'll give you that (laughs) (laughs) that's fair yeah so i I just want to say like again we're trying i i sometimes try to apply logic where it never existed in the first place but like this idea that mr freeze that victor fries or freeze or whatever his last name was supposed to be in the movie is this accomplished both olympic level athlete Uh, and also an incredibly intelligent scientist. Okay, he he falls in the ice vat or whatever, get becomes a popsicle, and then you know needs crystals to sustain himself, so he turns to a life of crime. And like, but he just like goes all in. Like, I really want to see this is like with the bat credit card. Like, I just but I want to see that period between like falling into the vat and like deciding. Okay, I need to recruit. Um, really skilled ice skaters like think about people that actually train to be competent ice skaters and some of the stunts they did were crazy so think about mm-hmm. those kind of people and how many of them do you think would actually fall into a life of costume crime but 
what's even better on top of that, adding a whole other <laughs> layer, is when you watch it, is that they are very obviously rollerblading. They're, they're not oh, even... I they do, there's not even like sound effects to make it sound like ice. They do nothing after <laughs> the ice skates pop out. It is just like this is a rollerblading sequence. I didn't even oh, catch man. that. That's incredible. Also, That's to incredible. quote the Black Canary one more time, but from Birds of Prey this time, when the hell they'd have time to do a shoe change? Um, <laughs> it's I. It it answers that question with a oh, it's just built in, which I like. And honestly, Birds of Prey could have used it; I would have still believed it. Anyway, it's fine. Um, God, I I this movie is so fun. Um, There's so much to unpack. There so is. We're, we're almost we're almost done too, which is the problem. Uh, but- so here's one thing. Um, the fact that so one of the, the Alfred's dying, and um, he's thinking about legacy, and he apparently somewhere had time to develop uh, Batgirl's costume again, a little weird. Um, but also he has this it has this idea that he needs to pass on his legacy as far as being the custodian of the Bat family or whatever. Um, so he's been trying to contact his brother named Wilfred. Yes. Just to let that settle for a second. Wilfred. Um, <laughs> and like he hasn't seen Wilfred, it sounds like in years, if not potentially decades, uh, can't seem to find any way to reliably contact him. At, at, by the end of the his final scene with this plot point, he's just kind of like, Well, I hope this finds you. And he's delivering a disc with uh, uh, heavy amounts of encrypted information about all of Batman's secrets to a guy he barely knows with the worst password in the world. Yep, a, th- a three-letter play. Anybody's going to brute force that on, like... And, and apparently, but the way that Barbara was typing away at it, there's no, like, oh, you've tried too many times. Like, we're going to destroy the disc. It's like, no, you can just keep there. Just keep on typing. You'll get it eventually. Why, why would his... Why would Wilfred think to type Peggy or Peg or whatever? Because that's what he called his sister. Come on, man. Pay attention. Alfred did, but Wilfred probably called her Meg. I don't know. <laughs> don't (laughs) it's just very funny to me it's like it's such a random detail i will say i don't know that the password issue would have been an issue in the 90s probably not um that feels like something we added on security wise later it's true back then everything was just password exactly when we realized that security was actually a thing we needed to care about um I guess I don't know. Um, when anyway. someone hacked and compromised the Bat Visa company and you know extorted all of Batman's money because of his credit card connections, that's when they really installed extra security. <laughs> oh God, this I oh oh these th- this this movie is very fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that in a way that does not really make a lot of sense um like it's i i hmm i don't know i'm like failing at words at the moment well, i just very much enjoy that actually the whole happened. failing at words i think describes this it's movie fit. perfectly yeah i think that uh, yeah. sums it up um i will say as we're getting ready to wrap things up here nick you went on your little tirade about passwords jv is there anything uh any other points that we haven't talked about yet that you want to make sure we mention um no all right i think we got it (laughs) (laughs) i think we could honestly spend a lot more time like we if if we actually started going through the various plot points oh oh 
the ununited nations. The ununited <laughs> nations was one Ooh. of my favorite things that was uttered in this movie. <laughs> I thought he oh, was yeah. just making like a, a comment. I don't think he was. Like I, I, based they on, actually were the ununited nations. Based on how this movie was going, I would not be surprised if that was a legitimate operation <laughs> in this universe. Which is such a Legion of Doom type thing. Yes, which is partially why I love it. Uh, speaking there, of... Actually, there is one thing. Can we imagine for a minute Patrick Stewart as Mr. Freeze? Because I... <laughs> I can't process that personally. Um, it's like that's that is an utterly insane idea, but I I really am very sad that we didn't get it a like, little bit. Yeah. Uh I I just oh Patrick Stewart oh it, oh my little nerd heart. It would have been <laughs> a very very different movie and portrayal. Obviously, um, I think they yeah they rewrote it for Schwarzenegger quite a bit. Even though, like, Patrick Stewart seems like the perfect casting, not in this movie by a long shot. Oh, yeah. It would have fully changed what this movie wound up being. I I can't, can't for the life of me imagine Patrick Stewart saying any of the ice puns, any of them. <laughs> not a single one. Like, oh, God. You can't hear him saying uh, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age? <laughs> It's perfect. Uh, I don't it's the want best to hear writing that. ever. I don't want to hear Patrick Stewart say that. I think it's the problem. Um, so that's I'm fair. willfully imagining that never ever would have happened, and that that wasn't part of the audition process. And somewhere out there, there's probably an audition tape with that just <laughs> on it. Oh no! What I really want is uh, uh, the the super quote-unquote pc version of that i want batman to swoop down from on high you know tackle the criminal onto the ground and then be like oh no who are you and he'd be like i am that person yes that's about that's time. me i'll say bat person i'm the bat person or really that's why a, a name like either robin or nightwing works better agreed a hundred percent agree. Gender, or or is he's just like I'm bat, and then just kind of trails off. I'm bat. You know, like, oh, I'm the bat. Honestly, kind of works a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I think, and he's, but he's actually just a, a sentient baseball bat that runs around. <gasps> I really, there. This movie could have used a sequence where he had a baseball bat. Oh my gosh! You're right. It needs to be like a baseball game. With it was Batman. called the Bat Bat. Um, <laughs> and uh, here to throw our first pitch and hit it is Batman. Uh, that's such a that's such a thing he would do too. It's, oh, it's so good in, in this movie. In this movie, one hundred percent. Yeah, mm -hmm. or in, or in the it probably exists in the Batman sixty six TV show. Somebody dig that up and send it our way, uh, please. I think, yeah. though, it is time for us to... And I'm going to phrase this question very, uh, very specifically. Does this movie stay in the Hall of Memory, or is it worth visiting today? Is this worth watching? I think I know what all our answers are going to be, but still, let's just summarize it all up. JV, since you brought it to us, what do you think? Oh, oh, oh. This needs to be watched. Um, <laughs> this is a thing 
that we need to watch for a few different reasons. One, because we need to, I think, remember remember how to have fun with source material um, and how, like, you can just sort of throw throw certain things together, not really pay attention to all of the details and still have, like, a fun time. Mm-hmm. And also that superhero things can be fun and not dramatic as hell and sad. Um, that they should have jokes. Need jokes. It, superhero things without jokes it hurts me in my in my core, in my spirit. <laughs> That's why Thor Ragnarok was probably the best one. Um <laughs> a joke a minute sure. and the plot didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me that's fair i i get you nick what do you think so i i'll be a little bit of a counterpoint to that whereas i have enjoyed over the years like the more self-serious um demure demure's the right word i think i just because i watched total recall the other day again <laughs> um <laughs> um you know i'm not i'm fine with the grim and gritty superheroes um and and sort of like you know with batman like he's gone so far into the ultra realism grim and gritty um aspects of the movies like it's so dark and i think i had been telling you david for a while that i want i want a batman film that is somewhere between say this and like batman the nolan batman film something where like it does it doesn't try to be like sell a toy every second per se but it's like a a much more compelling self-serious version of like batman brave and the bold i don't know just a little more super heroic a little like just a little more wacky or ridiculous or whatever in the concepts but like still trying to play it straight anyway that's i digress um you should not watch batman and robin and also you should watch batman and robin and depending on how intoxicated you are will decide where you fall um (laughs) correct to be fair i watched it sober um and i almost regret that i think um but um the, the movie i think as we've all established the movie is not good no it's not good for a variety of reasons but almost um, like it's fighting itself, it finds a way to be charming. Maybe not everyone will consider it charming, but I actually found it pleasant as I was watching it. I, sometimes I found it pleasant while I was kind of grimacing and cringing a little bit, but pleasant nonetheless. Um, it's a dumb film. Uh, if you like dumb films, then check it out. Um, is it still relevant today? No. Was it relevant in the 90s? Absolutely not. Um, will you have a good time? Maybe. I think that that thing there at the end that you said, it kind of uh, sets up what what I was thinking is like, well, is this movie still good? Was this movie ever good? You know, is the is the question. So removing that, because as we said, objectively from it's not winning Oscars. All right. But from a standpoint of like, you know, this movie is already bad. So going into it, you already have that expectation, which I think opens up to just enjoy this movie. I think this movie is, it's two hours long. It'd be, you know, it could have been maybe edited down a little bit, could be a little bit shorter. I think there's some stuff at certain points. It's just like, all right, like just speed up to the next ridiculous ice pun, please. Also, uh, drinking game, take a drink every time there's an ice pun and call the hospital by the end. Uh, Correct. But this movie is watch it with friends get together with some friends and and watch this movie roll your eyes make jokes 
and just let it be what it is. Uh, I, I, I think part of what JV was saying that there's so much serious stuff now, this was weirdly like a breath of fresh air where it was like, okay, we're just being weird. We're just, we're going nuts. George Clooney, if you see him on the street, will give you your money back if, if you tell him that you saw this movie. Allegedly. I don't know if he still is doing that. That is so funny. I, I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, but yeah, I, I think good. that I would have to go up and I'd have to thank George Clooney for being part of this movie. Because, but I don't want to know a world without it. Without the jokes that it's given us. Mm-hmm. I, th- I concur. Yeah. I, I also have to say that George Clooney is by far one of my favorite bat, um, bat I almost said Batman, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I guess. I, I guess, technically. Um, one of my favorite uh, Batmans that has ever existed on screen. I, I find him to be the correct level of interesting, which is not very... Um, <laughs> um, which just helps the it it helps for me with this type of movie we watched the the keaton batman for this and one thing we walked away with was like keaton was such a confusing bruce wayne uh where i think george clooney is a far better bruce wayne and uh yeah you know as far as how is they how let's get yeah you want to get nuts let's get nuts as far as how they are as as being batman watch for yourself and, and be the judge now, mm-hmm. thank you, JV, so much for being on the show. Where can people find you if they wish to know more of your work? All right. Well, thank you for having me. And um, I can be found on Twitter mainly um, at Red Black Golden. That is uh, red spelt like the color E L A Q U um, E, golden like the color. Um, and uh, you can hear me in a lot of different places. Uh, I try to tag them as much as humanly possible, <laughs> but I wind up failing often. And also, I've forgotten a few things that I've been in, which has been a fun conversation to have with people who have like reminded me that I did work for them, which is a wild thing. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's me. Um, Check out Wannabe Film Buffs, which is at Film Buffs Pod on Twitter. Um, and Crime and Color is simply Crime and Color on Twitter. And uh, all of them have links to for specific uh, things. And they're on all podcast platforms. So, yeah. Great. There you go, audience. Check out JV Stuff. Give them a follow. I promise you it's worth it. They're great. Nick. <laughs> Thank you for being here as always. Where can people find you should you wish to be found? Um, usually I don't like being found, but uh, if you happen to go on that long meandering journey to prove your worth uh, at a temple somewhere in the Himalayas, or oh, I'm getting the Batman Begins, um, you can find me <laughs> at, uh, at Nick Shermooksness, S-E-R-M-U-K-S-N-I-S. I'm sorry if you're exhausted. Uh, on Twitter. And uh, you can also now find me at palblamshazam underscore art on Instagram. Now, when you go, you're not going to find anything because there's nothing there. But follow me anyway, and maybe eventually there will be. Uh, Thank you. We have like a month lead time. If you don't have anything up there within the next month, I'm going to 
pester you incessantly well, now, to now i feel like because i've said it like i want them to show up and have there not be anything all right well there you go people you can check it out there you can find me around the internet under the username davluz that is d-a-v-l-u-z twitter and instagram find me there thank you so much for listening if you want to give us feedback let us know your thoughts on batman and robin which please oh please do you can find out all the places to contact us hit me one more time dot com that is going to do it for us today thanks again to our guest thanks again to you audience thanks so much for being a part of this we love you remember you can't move forward if you're always looking back we'll see you next time hey!